Scene 6. Blasphemous Rhapsody. Shade Gap. Five miles northwest of Tuscarora Mountain. Spy Woden's Day. Compline. Night. 5th of April. 1284. Brother Umbert blurts out to Sir Robert Roger. We can't let them kill him. Show him you mean business. Cut off the goblin's ear or something. Inquisitor Shane interrupts. Our lord healed Malchus's ear. We are not to resort to violence except in self-defense. Sir Robert Roger, holding the dagger to the throat of the old chieftain's son, says, Sorry, little monk, I tried, but it's just not going to happen that way. The deal was to keep my men safe. If I harm his son, he will kill all my rangers. He turns to Brother Umbert. It's too bad about the boy, but at this point there is nothing we can do about it. Brother Umbert squeaks. We would be material accomplices to murder if we do nothing. All we can do now is pray, Brother Umbert, says Inquisitor Sheen, resigned. We put our trust in God. The goblin captors make the rangers and the monks kneel between the two stone arches painted with pictograms. The goblins have set up tents around the pagan temple. The Inquisitor's gift of tongues is powerful enough that he can slowly read the words of the goblin prophets written on the archway walls and encampment banners. Inquisitor Sheen focuses on them prayerfully, and as the words form in his mind, it suddenly clicks, and the sign flashes out its warning. Here on these hallowed grounds you will behold the rites that voices may never share. Thou shalt not talk without speaking. Thou shalt not listen without hearing. Defilers of these stones are doomed. One goblin, wearing a coyote fur draped across his head and shoulders, fills a flagon from a barrel and makes the Inquisitors and Rangers drink it, saying, Kool-Aid! Brother Umbert refuses. I will not partake in this heathen ceremony. Sir Robert Roger shouts. Just drink the Kool-Aid and let's get this over with. Brother Crow takes a swig, then another, and exclaims with a grin. Hops! Among the group of captive rangers is a young apprentice named Nathan Hale. The coyote goblin passes him by. He asks, What hops? Dame Frances Marion says, Hops is a bitter seasoning from Bohemia that preserves drinks from spoiling. Whenever available, I add hops and vinegar to my canteen to keep the water from going rancid and ward off scurvy. Actually, I find it tasty. <clears throat> Mr. Goblin, could I have another swing of your Kool-Aid? Nathan Hale sours his face when he takes a sip. Tasty? Says the lady who drinks vinegar every day. Sir Robert Roger looks at one of the goblin acolytes and says, Over here, let me try some of that. The goblin acolyte scoops some more out, and the ranger captain quaffs the entire flagon. Having all drunk the Kool-Aid, the rangers comply with their part in preparing themselves for the human sacrifice. Brother Umbert, however, folds his arms in protest. Inquisitor Sheen says, Brother Umbert, drink the Kool-Aid or they will offer you to their god, Pudu. Brother Umbert wrinkles his face in indignation. Is this real life or just a fantasy? The Inquisitor himself is telling me to take part in a human sacrifice ritual. Two goblins drag the wicker basket cage holding the young monk toward the sacrificial altar. He is a tall, lanky human teenager sporting a peach fuzz mustache. He wears a Carmelite brown robe and a white cape. The hulking goblin, who seems to be the chieftain's older son, pulls the young monk out of the cage with one hand. Towering over the other goblins, this hulking goblin stands an inch or two over six feet tall. He wears little more than a purple loincloth, and his bulging muscles make the strongest goblins around him seem scrawny. He is decked out with white and black tribal paints and carries a ceremonial phoenix claw in his right hand. He shouts, 
Marileo, Gandango, Scaramanifico. All look to Inquisitor Sheen for a translation, but the Inquisitor says nothing. Brother Umbert makes the sign of the cross and cries out, Look, Inquisitor Sheen, that boy is a monk! Spare him his life from this monstrosity! The Inquisitor remains silent. The young monk turns his collar to the cold and damp and says, Don't stir trouble for yourselves over me. Just a poor boy. I need no sympathy. If you object too loudly, they will kill you too. The Goblin King approaches the altar wearing a ceremonial headdress with vulture feathers, snake fangs, and coyote skulls. The hulking goblin hands his father the ceremonial phoenix talon. Then the goblin king sprinkles a powder into the altar flame, and it explodes with a frightful boom. The flash of demon light stabs the eyes of the inquisitors and rangers, splitting the night. The young monk continues to intone the words of the psalm, Yes, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me, O God. Your rod and staff give me comfort. And in the naked light of that flash... Brother Umbert sees ten drowsy people, maybe more, close enough to rescue the boy, but no one dares to disturb the sound of the Inquisitor's silence. Fools, says Brother Umbert, don't you know that the silence of good people in the face of evil grows like a cancer? Hear my words, at least we can teach these goblins by our deaths that we do not approve of killing innocent lives. But his words fall like silent raindrops and run off the stones without soaking in. The only echoes come from the wells in the caverns below. And the goblins bow and pray to the demon gods they made out of stone. Despite Brother Umbert's protests, the goblin king carries on as if nothing really matters and says, Basim, Illa, Mamiya. They pour Kool-Aid into Brother Umbert's mouth, but he spits it out all over the goblin king. Two goblin acolytes grab him and put him on the sacrificial altar. All the courage drains from his face as he blubbers to himself. Wait, what What are they doing? At last, the thought of losing his feisty but dear friend moves Inquisitor Sheen to risk failing his quest of reaching Tuscarora Mountain for the holy office of the Inquisition. Thus, he speaks out to the old war chief in Gobbledygook. I know you are powerful, mighty Gog, and that your anger with my friend must be equally powerful. I count on your greatness to bargain for his life. With your wisdom, I'm sure we can work out an arrangement that will be mutually beneficial and avoid any unpleasant confrontation. The chief grunts. Heck no, I won't let him go. Not understanding the words exchanged between the two, but seeing the disappointment on the Inquisitor's face at the goblin's reply, Brother Umbert whimpers. Too late. My time has come. It sends shivers down my spine. My body aches. A goblin shaman approaches the altar and throws another handful of powder into the fire. It explodes and seems to put the goblin king into a trance. He begins to prophesy in a sacred goblin tongue that only goblin shamans and Inquisitor Sheen, because of his mystical gift of tongues, can understand. Hello, darkness, my old friend. I've come to offer you this boy as a human sacrifice as you instructed me in that softly creeping vision. The seeds of long life and a glorious future were planted in my spleen while I was sleeping. May this offering ensure that I always destroy my enemies and may it keep us safe from Wendigos. The goblin king drags the young monk up to the altar and lifts the phoenix talon dagger high over his head, aiming to strike the boy's heart. Seeing death close in on him, the young Carmelite monk panics. Mama, 
Oh, I don't want to die. With a sudden smile alighting on his face, Brother Umbert shouts, Wait! I see a little silhouette of an elf in the trees! We are saved! <laughs>